live from Atlanta on the front porch of Super Bowl 53. This is WGN Radio Sports Central on WGNRadio.com. Welcome in, Dave Ford from Radio Row in Atlanta. It's been a crazy week, and today is always the craziest of the days, in my opinion. Thursday and Friday, it heats up, and we're starting with a big guest today to start the show. I'm excited to talk to him. Robbie Gold is here with us in Atlanta. What's up, Robbie? Uh, everything's good. Thanks for having me on the show. I appreciate it. So you had to drive down here because of all the weather back home. Yeah, so minus 50 degrees. You know, it's a little uh, chilly up in Chicago right now. A bunch of flights are getting canceled and delayed. So I was like, you know, I need to get down here for the Walter Payton Man of the Year stuff. And So I drove down, got in at like 2 a.m. last night, and I'm um, down through the game on Monday. Wow. So, well, let's start with the Walter Payton Man of the Year uh, award. They're, they brought all 32 finalists in this year, which is something different that, that they're doing. I, I know our, our friend Jared Payton's trying to get down here right now. He's having some travel issues today. Uh, but what, what does this all mean to you to, to be one of the finalists? Well, I think what's unique about it is, you know, you never do community service to, like, tell people about it, right? So this is the ultimate um, honor to kind of say hey thanks for what you do right and i think what the Peyton family and the nfl and nationwide is doing uh to allow the 32 contestants i'll call them contestants nominees uh, a platform to just kind of showcase that football players are more than what they are on the field right so for me i think it means a lot more because i know what walter stood for i know what the family stands for i know what they do in the city so just being able to have my name attached with Walter Payton and the Payton family and kind of in the same mention of what they do in the community and what their legacy is, is is pretty special. Well, you're right. I mean, you're not, when you do this kind of stuff, it's not really for the publicity by any means, but it's funny because I, I feel like I've actually got to know you better since you left Chicago, mainly through just the things you've been doing with Lurie Children's Hospital, where, where my son unfortunately spent way too much time. Um, but, you know, so that's just kind of the stuff that... I can vouch for you, not that you need me to, but... You know, I appreciate it. You know, no, it's yeah, just, it, it means a lot, you, though. You're always seeing the stuff that you're doing with Lurie and reaching out to me when my you know we're, my family was going through the stuff we were. Uh, it, you know, it's not, None of it's fake or anything like sure. that. And uh, I'm sure that getting to put that uh, Man of the Year thing on your jersey, which is, I think, pretty cool that they let, they let the winners do that. For sure. Uh, it's just kind of like a mark that's always with you going uh, forward. You know, I, it's hard. Like, how do you say who wins? You know what I mean? There's... First of all, how do you say who's going to be the nominee, right? There's so many guys that do so many incredible things in the National Football League that, you know, for the the people that have to vote for who the winner is going to be, it's it's difficult, right? And you have 32 guys that no matter who you pick is going to be the right guy, right? So if it happens that way, then great. If not, it's been an honor, and I think it's been an amazing uh, last, like, five weeks of doing the uh, charity challenge and being able to win the $10,000 to give to Lurie Children's Hospital and... The relationships, you know, for me in the National Football League, it's about relationships. You know, it's it's not necessarily about the legacy of how many kicks or what you've done. You know, I think people that I've met, friends that I've been able to connect with uh, from my time in Chicago or New York or San Francisco, um, those people are always going to be buddies. They're always going to be friends no matter whether it's football or not. So back to the story about you telling uh, people about me texting you and things like that. And we'll... You know, those are things to me that matter. And, um, you know, I'm just glad everything's working out and everything's is going well. Well, I appreciate it. And, um, you know, it's it's good to see you here. I, I'm, I'm curious how you've been handling what I'm sure has, you just heard it from uh, some of our other hosts at WGN before we started here. Everybody wants you to come back to Chicago. 
Yeah, you know, it's been uh, it's been a unique experience away for sure. You know, obviously, um, Chicago's home. I'll always be a bear. I you know I told Dan Pompey in an article uh, that we were driving down here doing with him is I, I said in my thank you letter to the fans in the city of Chicago they mean a lot to me and once a bear always a bear right so. Um, you know, am I going to be able to come back? Who knows? You know what I mean? Like, it's it's the million-dollar question, right? So for me right now, I have the ability to negotiate with the 49ers and the 49ers only, and then if that doesn't work out, then uh, free agency comes along the way, and then we'll field phone calls. My agent will always listen to opportunities, and then, you know, my wife and I would it definitely, you know, at some point um, – in the near future, get like to get back towards the Chicago area to play, so that my kids can stay put in the cities that they're in, uh, from a school and from you know just them growing up with their friends, and you know those are things that matter to me now as a dad. Um, but you know it's been special to be able to get back my career back on track. I, I told you when you sat down here, I, I, like I just I don't as a fellow dad, I don't know how you've been doing it. I mean, to be away from your family for the whole season, it's, I mean, not the whole season, you came back a couple times, but that's still hard. Yeah, you know, I think you, we were lucky, like, my wife and I were in one city together for 11 years, right, playing for Chicago, and then, um, given the situation, we went to New York, I had, I think I played 12 or 13 weeks there, it didn't make sense to leave them from their school and uproot them from their friends, and then they lived with me for a year in, in San Francisco, and then my deal was up at the end of the year, so to keep moving them all around to me, um, what, it wasn't fair to them. And I have a, an unbelievable wife. She's the rock of our family. And, you know, it's tougher probably on her because she's got to run around and do all these sure. things. But it's tough because I can't help her out, right? And those are things that are difficult. But, again, football's not for long, right? And you, you have to make decisions that are right for your family. And we'll do the same thing in free agency. Well, it, it tends to be longer for kickers, though. And <laughs> it can be. It, it seems like you've got plenty of kicks left in that leg. The, the one thing that could be totally out of your hands, though, is the franchise tag. Is that something you you're, you think about? And, I mean, it, it could theoretically be used for a kicker. It could. I mean, um, who knows what's going to happen. You know what I mean? Uh, like I said, I have the ability to talk to the 49ers uh, for up until free agency, right? And uh, if that doesn't work out, then they could use the tag if they want, right? Obviously, I'd like to be in the place that I'm going to play for longer than one year again, just uh, if it works out that way. But if not, it's the business of football. And um, if that does happen for some reason, then um, the CBA does grant me opportunities that I can stay around my family for a long time. So, uh, you know, those are things that I'll have to take into account. And um, we'll kind of taking it day by day and figure that out when that happens. So regardless of if, if it's this spring or in the future, I mean, you've made it very clear both sitting down here, and I know you talked to Dan Pompey, that you, you want to retire a bear, you want to be you know, back in the organization somehow. Are, are there any fences that need to be mended there? Not at, really. At all? I mean, what fence? Hey, Erlacher, I love your hair. You're looking great. Who would have thought, thought you'd have more hair than me at this age? <laughs> who would have thought you'd have more hair than me at this age? Retirement's been good to you. Gold jacket, hair. I mean, this guy's amazing. Brian Erlacher walking by us here. We're going to hear from Brian Erlacher soon, by the way, guys, here, right here on this show. Um, yeah, so, you know, I think, uh, I mean, I don't think there's any fences that need mended. I mean, it's a business, right? And that, that's the hardest part for, I think, fans and, and players uh, to understand is that's what it is, right? At the end of the day, and, you know, some things you can control, some things you can't, but... 
Um, I'm grateful for my time in Chicago. Uh, my heart uh, still lives in Chicago. I still have a lot of affinities to the family and want Mrs. McCaskey and her family to hold up a Super Bowl trophy one day. And um, I think, uh, you know, whatever happens down the road with whether it's free agency or coming back in some other capacity to be around the organization, you know, I'd always be open to it. I mean, I, it's not really a secret that they seem like they're close to doing something great with, with that roster they have. Yeah, I think they've done a great job over the last couple of years. Obviously, the, the signing of Khalil Mack has completely changed that team. Um, defensively, I think you can see a different energy. I think you can see a different uh, type of uh play being played by the defense uh obviously the that front seven really the front four uh those guys are pretty dynamic right with akeem then you have floyd and you have uh khalil and then eddie goldman right they're a load for guys to handle so uh then you bring chuck pagano in the mix after you lose vic fangio and i think the defense will be just as good right um and then you see the growth that mitch trubisky's gone through over two years you got to be excited about that for them and uh, I think the offense, being able to roll out of the pocket, uh, being able to use the weapons that they have really fits uh, what their personnel is. And uh, on special teams, I think, you know, take the kicking game out of it for a, a little bit uh, in this conversation. I think they played extremely well. You know, they played as one of the top tier special teams units in the league. Um, they got a lot of significant play from guys like Josh Bellamy on offense and special teams. And I think Pat O'Donnell had one of his best seasons of his career. Um, and I think you're seeing a lot of growth from those young players that they've been drafted. So we, we got to, to talk to you before the, the game against the 49ers this season. You, you mentioned how you were going to go to the playoff game. We saw it on Twitter that you were there with, with your family. Uh, what was the experience like, both just in terms of going to a game as a fan at Soldier Field with your kids and then, of course, the ending ending the way it did with a missed field goal? Well, you know, it, going to a playoff game isn't really outside the norm for me. You know, I, every couple years and I'm not in the playoffs I try to go to a game I was just fortunate enough that there was a game in Chicago that I could go to and it was easy for me to make a phone call and get tickets to right. the other side of that too is I've never been able to take my kids to an NFL game my wife is always the one sitting in the stands taking my kids to go see a game to watch dad play so uh, when I knew that they were going to make the playoffs I got excited because I knew what the atmosphere was going to be be like my kids would get to see something completely different and I would get to enjoy teaching them about the history of the Chicago Bears. This is where Daddy used to kick. This is a place where um, you know you're eventually going to be cheering for uh, the Bears outside of whenever they play Dad at this point, right? So uh, for me, it was it was pretty special to have them at the stadium and and spend uh, a whole day in the city after being away for four months. And what about the ending? You know, the ending's tough. You know, you never want to see a fellow kicker go through that, right? I mean, obviously, those are kicks that uh, you want to make. We've all made some. We've all missed some, right? And uh, I think it's just a tough place to kick. You know, if you go back and look since 1992, outside of the years that I've played, I was 9 of 11 of being over 80%. There's only been three years where somebody's kicked over 80% since 1992. So it just tells you that it's not a place where you just come and insert somebody and it's just going to work, right? So, you know, I think uh, what's been difficult over the last five or six years is you know, you try to piece it together. There's not a lot of growth, right? your, Your group doesn't mold they don't gel you don't get to understand each other because there's been constant turnover and you know those are things that i've been able to have in chicago early in my career and i think those are things in san francisco that i've been able to to have 
uh, and kind of work, right? So, you know, to the extent that you're going to come in and find a guy that's always going to kick 89% in Chicago is is pretty crazy to me because I just don't think it's possible to do every single year, year in and year out, just based on the weather and and other situations that might happen, right, in the division you're in. so, you know, I think Cody can come back and have a bounce-back year. I think they're going to provide some uh, competition for him at some level. I don't think they're done signing guys, obviously. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I think they have a young kid in there that will give them, push them for now, and then they'll see what's going on in free agency. And, you know, they're in a tough situation because they have $20 million in cap. They're going to have to get rid of some guys in order to make space if they want to sign a, a bigger free agent kicker, which is a possibility, but they're going to have to maneuver some things. Um, but I think, you know, if you can get an older guy that can come in and push Cody, uh, give him some competition, I think he'll have a bounce back year for sure. All right. Well, uh, we'll have to see how that all plays out in the next coming months. It'll be interesting. Uh, the, the last thing I want to ask you, and, and I'll give um, give Dan Pompey the credit because he, he did write a story up on, on The Athletic that I, I encourage our listeners to find on you. I didn't know that you, you maybe had an interest in personnel down the road or just being some in an organization yeah, somehow yeah. You know, after you're done playing? Organizations are taking older players and bringing them back in some capacity, right? And I think I've been in the player rep position. I've been around enough older players. I've seen some things. And at some point, I'd love to come back and be a part of the organization in some capacity. I know they have Buckus. I know they have Erlacher and some of the Gale Sayers and other guys. But, you know, listen, like... Uh, I'm the all-time leading scorer in the history of the game. It's not like I was there and I played for a year, right? It's it's a place that's home. It's a place that I have, you know, roots to. It's where my career started. Um, you know, whether it's hosting people in a suite, whether it's coming and saying hello to fans at practice, or you know, maybe it's media. I don't know. Uh, you know, I'm I've set up my uh, post-life career with a golf tournament management software system that my brother-in-law and I have started to help manage charity golf tournaments and uh my kids are five three and 12 weeks old and i want to be around to be able to watch them grow up right because i'm sacrificing some of that now and um yeah i would love at some point to come back and be a part of the organization i mean who wouldn't want to be right so if listen i have no bad blood towards the organization they made a decision to go in a different direction um, you know, it's worked very well for me. You know, I think it's been able to like get me back on my feet and get my career headed in the right direction. And it's been a little bit of a breath of fresh air for me. And, um, yeah, I'll be a free agent. And if not, then we'll kind of cross that path when it, when it happens too. All right. Well, good luck with, with all of that. And, uh, and especially good luck with Walter Payton Man of the Year Award this weekend. It's great to see you here, and uh, in the meantime, we'll you know we, we're here from the fans every day, as I'm sure you do. So. Yeah, I appreciate. It. Well, if you ever need anything, let me know. All right, thanks, thanks Robbie. for having me. All right, that's Robbie Gold sitting down here, at Radio Row in Atlanta on Sports Central. Coming up next, we go from Robbie Gold to Brian Erlacher. We'll be right back from Atlanta. From Radio Row in Atlanta, Georgia, this is Adam Hogue and WGN Sports Central getting ready for the Super Bowl on WGNRadio.com. Sports Central in Atlanta. It's a busy day. A lot of things going on here. Uh, and uh, honestly, because the Robbie Gold just kind of popped up right as we were starting the show. It was perfect timing. We were going to start the show with Brian Erlacher, who I had a chance to talk to earlier uh, today uh, in, in a great conversation uh, along with Bree Bogutsky because uh, 
Brian's been doing some stuff with Special Olympics Illinois, and Bree uh, is kind of representing Special Olympics Illinois. She's uh, uh, ha- she has autism and is uh, really an inspiration. You're going to hear in this interview uh, the things that she has accomplished, and uh, and as a runner. But also, I mean, you're going to hear she is really good on the radio. She could have a job in radio. So uh, it was really fun having this conversation with, with these guys. One of the best interviews uh, we, we've had all week long. Brian Erlacher and Bree Bogutsky. Brian Erlacher is here, and he's with the true star of Radio Road today, Bree Bogutsky. Thanks so much for stopping by. It's great to see you guys. Great to be here. Thank you for having us. How's the whole Radio Row experience going? It's a little overwhelming, but it's fun. <laughs> Definitely fun. <laughs> she was on live TV this morning. We were on ESPN earlier this morning. She did great. Uh, everyone's taken back by her story, so it's pretty cool for me to sit here and listen to her talk. Yeah, let's hear about that story, because prepping for this interview, everyone's saying, Bree is the best. She, yes. She's Aww. doing such a good job. So, so what's going on? Okay, um, so I was diagnosed at age five with um, PDD NOS, which is on the autism spectrum, along with obsessive compulsive disorder and anxiety. Um, when I was a kid, I was not like any other kid. Um, I often could not leave my house because the outside world was very overstimulating to me. I would often have tantrums. I only had repetitive, meaningless speech. I could not have conversations. Um, there was definitely some signs showing that I was acting very abnormal. Um, And so it was when my mom got me into therapy and early childhood education that I was able to get the supports that I needed. I got into occupational therapy, uh, social skills, speech therapy, um, and I was mainstreamed in the classroom, but with a one-on-one aid from kindergarten through eighth grade. And, you know, just being challenged has really gotten me to be where I am today. Um, I, I very strongly emphasize um, therapy and counseling. You know, it's really helped me a lot. Um, my sophomore year in high school, I my friend got me into got me into running, and so I ran on the cross country and track teams in high school, and then eventually I um, went to Harper College in Palatine, and um, I ran for them for two years, and then now I run for Tennessee Wesleyan University down in Athens, Tennessee. And, you know, since age nine, I've been involved with Special Olympics, and I've been doing, like, volleyball, softball, basketball. I've done gymnastics. She's a machine. Um, powerless. She does it all. Yeah, she's it's, a machine. She does it all. <laughs> yeah, and Special Olympics has given me many opportunities, and so I actually recently got to work with Tim Shriver, who's the, um, the chairman of Special Olympics, and so I got to be a part of the partnership with um with uh, United Airlines and so I got to work also with the CEO um, Oscar Munoz and um, yeah so I mean it was amazing being a part of the partnership between Special Olympics and United Airlines so let me ask you because my my son is four and he has something called 22q that he was born with it's also known as the George syndrome so it, okay. it's it's different uh, th- than what you have but the same situation. It sounds very similar. Getting the therapies mm-hmm. and, and everything to, uh, you know, I mean, you are obviously a success story. Everything you're doing, <laughs> it, it, it's amazing. So, Thank you. You, uh, what, what we always talk about in the 22Q world is is just the importance of getting a diagnosis and yes. getting those therapies. I think a lot of people are are afraid sometimes oh, yes. to get that diagnosis, but it's so crucial because. Uh, it sounds like, from your experience, that helped you so much. Yes, actually, yeah, because 
um, my parents both struggled with that. You know, my mom was like, we need to get her diagnosed. And my dad, on the other hand, was like, no, no, we can't have her labeled. She's going to get bullied. And But really, the diagnosis is what helped us because it's documented. You know, I was able to get the services that I need. And definitely, I mean, a good social support system, you know, and getting, you know, the, the therapies, getting the, the supports and help that, you know, we need, you know, can really make a difference in our lives because, you know, even though we may have, you know, mental challenges or disabilities, you know, we're still humans, we're still people, you know, we just, you know, we got to have, give chance, you know, give chances to us to be able to succeed. And Brian, give me an idea of this partnership with United Airlines. Uh, it's amazing, you know, the, the, the things they're doing to bring awareness to the to Special Olympics and the uh, people with intellectual um, disabilities is amazing. That they're they're educating their employees. Nine thousand employees have taken steps to get to help making it easier to help people with intellectual disabilities at the airport. So they're just taking steps to make it easier and make it more aware of what's really going on out there. It's amazing. I, I, I've been a part of Special Olympics since I was in college, and I, I did some stuff back then. I left 50 tickets every home game for Special Olympics during my career. Did the polar plunge last year. Didn't jump in, but I did the uh, I did the cooking for the hot dogs and the brats and stuff like that. So it's just it's an amazing organization. They've always done a great thing. Uh, great do make, things. Do you make good hot dogs? I don't know. I, I yeah, I think I do you, you actually. Make yeah, good I didn't hot eat any. Yeah. <laughs> you can't really mess up hot dogs. Yeah, I mean, oh, I, believe me, I could, Adam. I could definitely screw up a hot dog. <laughs> You'd be surprised. Yeah, uh, Bree, are you a Bears fan? I am. Yeah, actually, third grade. Um, I mean, I'm not a super big like like sports watcher on TV. I'll watch here and there, but definitely third grade in my classroom, it was the big Packers versus Bears, and I just kept hearing Brian Erlacher, oh, yeah. and I just thought like, okay, miss tackle, miss tackle. I'm just I'm gonna I'm gonna have Brian Erlacher be my guy. I'm gonna root for Brian Erlacher, and that just that name stuck with me for many years. I mm. definitely knew who Brian Erlacher was. I knew he was like this big guy who was super strong, and yeah, yeah. That's awesome. <laughs> so well, it's great to be. To work with yeah. you. Well, it, it, that was the case for a, lo a lot of us gr growing up in Chicago, Brian. And it was, uh, you know, I, I haven't really talked to you since last year at this, no, ex yeah. at this exact time. And honestly, uh, you know, being here all week last year, the, it was so cool on that Saturday night. Uh, getting the chance to talk to you and, and just the, the raw emotion and, yeah. and how happy you were to get in the Hall of Fame. Just the relief, I think, once once I figured out I was in. You know, because the whole buildup is such a big deal. And you got your family there. Um and I'm, I'm assuming being on the other end of it, not getting in, is probably very disappointing, you know, because, you know, there's so many, there's so few guys that can get in every, every year, and there's so many guys deserving to get in. Uh, it's just hard to, I don't know how the media picks, you know, obviously there's a big debate on going, who should get in, who shouldn't get in. So I was very happy that I got in the first time. You know, it was a great thing, and the, the class that I went, with, went in with, those guys are unbelievable. So definitely an honor to be inducted with those men. What was your reaction to the season that the Bears were able to put together this year? Because awesome. You know, it was such an awful end, but, yeah. the, but the ride, it, it was just, I mean, just in Chicago, it was, it was just great to have a winning team. Yeah, everyone I talked to was like, the city's on fire, everyone's pumped up, you know, and every week, um, the Bears are favored to win. I mean, from st not starting out the season, because no one knew what, what they had, but... Man, to be to be a fan this year was a blast. Uh, I'm so happy of not just what they did, but where they're going. I think they're only going to get better. You know, you look at how young they are. Mitchell's a young quarterback. They're pretty young on defense. Uh, young head coach. Just, uh, I think you got to be excited with the direction they're going. Have you gotten to know Matt Nagy at all in the last? I know year? Coach Nagy a little bit. Yeah, you know, right when he got the job, he reached out to me. I talked to him a little bit, and I've I've been in and out of the building a few times. I'm a huge fan of his. I thought I like what he's doing. I like what he what he uh, brings to the table. He's creative. Um, 
I, I think the guys really like him. More importantly, the players like him and they respond to him. It, it seems like you've been involved more with the organization in yeah, the last few years last again, years. Which, which is great to see. Now, yeah. Obviously, the way it ended wasn't yeah. wasn't great, but uh, just how much has it meant to you to be sort of back in the family again, as you should be? Yeah, it's fun. You know, I like being around the building. I love being around all the players. The people, so the people that I was were there when I worked there, when I played for the Bears, are still there. The equipment guys, the trainers, the uh, the guys who did our video, the the Scott Hagel, just all the people that were there behind the scenes when I played are still there. So it's great to get a, get back there and get a chance to see all of them. Tony Medlin, uh, Kenny Morag, just to see those guys who were there. My whole career is awesome for me to be around them again because I, I missed that for the, a few years that I wasn't around them. Uh, so I had London Fletcher sitting here yesterday. Great football player. He, he compared Roquan Smith to him. He said he look. I watch him, and he looks like a young London Fletcher. Size wise and everything. So, yeah, he's a little bit yeah. smaller, but sideline to sideline. Yeah. wants to make every tackle. Seems to have the instinct. Well, who doesn't want to make every tackle? Well, I, uh, <laughs> certainly you did. Well, I want to make every tackle. It's just not possible. What What did you think about the the young rookie playing? I thought he middle? had a good year. You know, it, it, your rookie year is tough because you got a new defense. You got guys. They're call, I don't know if he called it. I think Danny might call defense, but there's a lot of eyes on you. And he's athletic. He makes plays. Uh, that pick he had in the playoff was unbelievable. Yeah. You know, just a great play. Um, he's, he's just going to get better and better. You know, I, I don't think him. I don't think he's going to slow down at all. Just stay healthy, stay on the field. But he makes plays. He's very intellectual out there. He, he know he sees things coming. He, you know, his pass drops. He fits in the right places. Um, and he seems like a good teammate. More importantly to me is that he, he seemed, the guys seem to like him. Where'd you watch the playoff game? I was in Miss McCaskey's box. Oh, very stressful. Yeah, it, I, it was uh, it was a lot of fun, but it was stressful at the same time. So yeah. I was up there with the with the family watching. Yeah, I've heard that box gets a little heated. And, I tell you what, they they're very passionate. Oh, you yeah. got to love it though, man. They're they're very passionate about their team, which they should be. You know, they own the team and they they're very passionate about the the referees, the players, everything. So it's uh, it was fun to watch that. Uh, thank goodness I wasn't there when the kick was missed. I was gone by then. Oh really? I had to go to the airport and, and catch a flight, so I uh, I I listened to it in the car. I left with like. Four minutes left in the game. Oh, I'm, wow. I'm glad I did. Well, it's probably a good thing you weren't there. I'm very well, happy. Well, you know, I was one of your there. teammates who was also there, Robbie Gold, was that the game? He was there. What's he doing with his kids? Oh, well, Bears fans. You know. They're still built. They're still all built, big so, Bears what's fans. What's he doing, man? Uh, you you got it. That's great to hear. And Robbie's a free agent. I know. Well, I'm just weird. saying. I'm just you know, saying. I, I'll never understand what happened with with him getting cut or released or how that worked out. I I, I, don't, I wasn't there. You know, I was I was kind of removed when that happened. But he's done pretty well since he left. I think. Oh yeah. So, he's, he's missed three field goals. In how many? Three years? Three years. Well, it's yeah, pretty good. Yeah. Yeah. It just seems to make sense to me. I don't know. Yeah, who knows? We'll see what happens. You know, there, there's, there's never, you never know. Is all this football talk yeah. uh, working for you, Bree? I'm, I'm trying she's, to follow. Yeah, she's, 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 she's nodding her head every once in a while. Yeah, okay, sure. Yeah, okay. Yeah. Talking <laughs> I, people, I get a little. Kicking field goals. Yeah, I'm in. Yeah. <laughs> okay, let's, let's brag. I did, we didn't talk about this, Bree. She runs a five-and-a-half-minute mile. I, I've wow. said this in every interview we've done. <laughs> so as a guy who can't run very fa- very far, uh, very fast, that's tremendous to me to hear. Five, five and a half minutes is really fast to me I'm for a while. I'm hoping I can keep bringing it down. Yeah, yeah. you will. Yeah, that's you're still young. I think I cracked seven once in high school. That, that's good. Oh, that's fast. That's good. But that was that was after like a lot of training, and I'm I hate running. <laughs> I, I play basketball because then I don't have to think about running. Yeah, you yeah. just got it. Yeah. You got to do it. Yeah, yeah. I'm not a big runner. I, it, my back gets tight. My knees hurt, and my back. Oh. Even when I was a kid, my back got tight. Really? Oh, it's running, man. It's just my body doesn't like to run. So Did you try like rolling out, rolling it out. Yeah, I try stretching. I try it all, Bree. It just doesn't work for me. I'm just not a runner. I'm good for like. But you're a good football bursts. player. Yeah, well, you don't have to run a lot. You just got to do short bursts and then go back and you rate. And you do it again and you wait. It's you do kind of the exact opposite. Of yeah. Yes, do. it is. Yes. But 
so many people love running. Why do you love running so much? Well, honestly, I was just like you. I mean, I hated running. Didn't know why anyone would do it. But yes. it was it was when my, my friend got me, you know, into it. She asked me if I wanted to join. I did. And, you know, it was just that camaraderie between the teammates and the coaches, um, you know. And it was just, you know... It, it just turned into a love-hate relationship and what it's done for me and my mental health and, you know, physically, you know, after a while it starts to get, you know, not like easier, but, you know, you start to kind of like tolerate it more. And yeah. You get in shape and it's like, oh, this is It becomes fun. fun after a while, so you know. That's how I am with, with working out. So I'm not like, I can feel myself getting better. I'm like, all right, just push yourself a little bit harder every time. I think that's just being yeah. an athlete. You want yeah. your competitive nature takes over and you want to get better. Exactly, and then when you start racing, and then you're just yeah. like, okay, let's go, let's go. <laughs> let's go, let's go for a whole mile, yeah, or a 5K. You're yeah. in a 19 and a half minute, five, or 1923. Almost, yeah. I had uh, a 5 5K. 5K that I ran, I believe, wow. last so weekend or two weekends ago at um, Emory. And, um, so far. We went to Birmingham, Alabama, oh, though, but I it was at Emory. The weather's still good down there, that's nice. Yeah. yeah. What do you do to keep in shape? So days? I started mountain biking. Oh, cool. I love it. Man, I, I go when I'm home. I go six days a week, and that's in Arizona. Arizona, yeah, yeah. it's, it's so fun. With you. I want to yeah. go mountain biking. It's a blast, but you gotta be careful because you could okay. fall. I could fall. Sometimes I get a little better than I think I am, and I fall over my handlebars, or I'll do something that I shouldn't do. I get hurt. You, you want me to be honest with you? Yeah. When I was finishing up seventh grade, I rode a bike. My my um my old friend and I we we decided to race, and I mm. think I like closed my eyes slightly. I opened them, and I was going towards this parked car, and bam. You hit it. Oh. I had a parked car, the only one on the street. Were you okay? Yeah, I had to get stitches on my chin, oh. and I had a stress fracture in my toe, and I broke my thumb. So, oh, you, then I was so you weren't okay. <laughs> no, you, were not okay. <laughs> you, were, you were not okay. Uh, no. Well, I've, I've went down some hills and hit some rocks. I flew into a cactus or two. Oh, uh, ooh, that's better. What was that like? It didn't feel good. It <laughs> yeah. was uh, a little painful, but I got them, I got them picked out. Uh, so what we do is we, we travel with tweezers in our backpacks when we, oh. when we ride a bike back. Oh, that's a good because, idea. Because, well... There's, I've ran into more than one of cactus, and they uh, they don't feel good. You gotta get them out immediately. That sounds intense. It's fun, man. Yeah. Well, you gotta pay attention. That's why I like it because I'm getting exercise, but I better pay attention. Or I'm gonna get hurt. Well, Arizona's grown on me. I, I used oh, to be more of an ocean guy. Yeah. But I go out to Arizona for spring training every year. I so try nice. to, you know, hike the the camelback. Yep. Yeah, camelback's great. And it's just so much to do. It's just uh, you know, right now it's seventy some degrees out there already. Um, can't beat it, man. I know it's negative. 30-something or negative 15 oh, yeah. I'm glad just, I'm here. oh, Chicago, yeah. It's like it's negative 40. Freezing. Yeah. yeah, I mean, that's that's not it's not healthy to be in that weather. Good thing I go to school in Tennessee. Yeah. <laughs> no, don't get me wrong. I love Chicago. I love I Chicago. I do, too. I love Chicago. But I don't Chicago. like that weather. Oh, yeah. There's it's three crazy. months of the year where, and I've lived in Chicago my whole life. It's oh. like, why do I live here again? I know. But yeah. then the summer comes, you're like, Summer's the best. Within, do you currently live in Chicago? I do. I do. Well, just, okay. I live up north in Vernon Hills, close to the Oh, okay. That's where I Oh, yeah. I that is. Okay, yeah. I live over there, too. Yeah, Carrie. Yeah. Yep. She's Carrie. from Carrie. Okay. Yeah, yeah. So we're off in the same, or lived in the same area, not from, yeah. but lived in the same areas. Yeah. But yeah, I grew up in the city. Now I'm a suburbanite. But Love it. Yeah. Slower pace living, bro. Yeah. I like good, it. It's good for the kid. Yeah, it is. Yeah. yeah. Right. Hey, Bree, you're you're an inspiration. Oh, this thank is, you. Thank this you. This is great. It's awesome to hear everything that you're doing, and uh, what a great cause with Special Olympics Illinois. And Brian, I didn't know you left 50 tickets for every game. Yeah, that's, right that's around. Really every, cool. every year, I bought as many as I could. They would yeah. come to me at the end, of, like whenever after everyone bought their tickets, like how many, like just whatever I have left, I would love to buy. And there's different organizations as well, not just Special Olympics, but however many we had, we uh, we gave to them. It's great. How about, how about we go to a football game together? I'd love yeah. to. Yeah. Bears game. Yeah, I like watching it. the Bears well, are fun to watch. It, especially this year, it was a totally different atmosphere. Soldier Field. It was field. much more like what you played. I'll tell you right? what, Soldier Field for the playoff game, 
I don't think I've ever heard that loud. Was, you know, I played uh, in a lot of games there, but that was that was incredible. Our that fan, the fans get it. Our fans get it, man. They know what's up. What's your uh, real quick? I know we're short on time. Yeah. But what would be your advice then? Because this season's going to be way different in terms of expectations. expectations. You, you guys had years like so that. We have is to, there any similarity to your Super Bowl year? Just um, in terms of everything. There was a huge in. letdown after Super Bowl year. We didn't play well, so th- I don't think that'll happen with this team. I, I, I'm know, talking more the year going into your Super Bowl. Yeah. Oh, just well, with we, the expectations. Yeah. Well, you, we were expected to be good, and we were yeah. good. I yeah. think this team will—they're going to be the same way because they won the division, and they're just going—they're going to get better and better. I believe the 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 thing is going to be tapering those expectations and dealing with them. There's going to be more media there. There's going to be more people talking about how good they are, and just don't um, don't buy into it. I guess just kind of keep doing it. F- try and fly under the radar as long as they can and just do their own thing. Well, it's going to be fun. Yeah, guaranteed fun. Brian Erlacher and Bree Bogutsky from Cary, Illinois, Special Olympics, Illinois. Bree was really fun to talk to. She's been doing all kinds of stuff here today. She's like the star of Radio Row. Uh, you know, the, Evander Holyfield's walking around here. We're going to hear from Evander soon, but Bree is the real star on Radio Row. She's doing TV. She's doing such a good job. Uh, and it was fun talking to her and Brian. So, quite a way to start the show. Robbie Gold and Brian Erlacher right off the bat, and a lot of fun to uh, talk to those guys. I, I think the Robbie Gold situation, I mean, you just heard Brian say it too. It makes all the sense in the world for the Bears to bring uh, Robbie Gold back. I, I, I just wonder, I mean, it all seems to make sense. They need a kicker. He's the best kicker out there right now that's available. He's been nothing but money since he left the Bears. And it, it just seems to make too much sense. I just, I, I, I sort of wonder, um, and I asked Robbie, are there any fences that need to be mended? And, you know, he said he doesn't think so. So, I mean, hopefully that's the case. And if that is the case, then I'd say there's a there would be a decent chance that Robbie Gold comes back to the Bears, but uh, you know if there's other things going on there, and I don't know that there are, uh, but you know he was cut, and there there were reasons about Ryan Ryan Pace was the general manager at the time. I know John Fox has left, and Jeff Rogers, the old special teams coordinator, they're gone, so maybe that helps. But uh, it'll be really interesting to see that play out. And again, you know the 49ers can franchise tag him, and if they do, then it's it's a moot point because he's going to be stuck in San Francisco for another year. But, um, you know, you heard him say there that he wants to have a more than a one-year deal. Uh, he wants to have stability with his family. And, you, you know, he wants to live in Chicago. So I, I, I think it's pretty obvious that Robbie Gold wants to would love to come back to Chicago and be a Bear. Um, and I, th- I think the ball is in the Bears' court. And the money matters, too, because it's not going to be it, it's not going to be cheap. So... Um, you know, just alone eating the three and a half million dollars and the five million dollar—I think it's just a little over five million dollar cap hit on eating Cody Parkey's contract. If you were to do that, uh, and then you got to pay Robbie, and um, you know, maybe he takes a little bit of a hometown discount to come back to Chicago, but he still deserves to be paid really well as one of the best kickers in the National Football League. We're going to take a quick break here. Coming up next, Evander Holyfield sat down a little while ago. And still coming up on the show today, I mentioned Trey Burton, uh, former Bear offensive lineman Jimbo Covert, and Earl Bennett. Earl Bennett's trying to get in the media now. We had a really fun conversation about uh, the Bears and, and everything that happened this year. He had some interesting things to say about Cody Parkey. So we got a ton coming up on a very loaded Sports Central show here from Radio Row. Evander Holyfield coming up next from Atlanta. This is WGN Sports Central. Adam Hogan's live from Radio Road. 
part of it all, getting ready for Super Bowl 53 in Atlanta on WGNRadio.com. Okay, back here on Sports Central, the speed dating, as our friend Chef Michael here sitting down just called it, uh, Radio Row speed dating. That's kind of what this is. I don't know if I should have said that. It, but it, it, that's what it feels like, although I can't say I ever did speed dating before. But Evander Holyfield <laughs> is sitting down with us now. Very cool to have you sitting down here on WGN with us. And uh, Chef Michael's here. Not only are you here, but you brought me some steak, too. You need to be fed well. You're from Chicago. You I, gotta eat well. I have three rules here on Radio Row. Stay yeah. hydrated, and don't don't forget to eat, and don't forget to sleep. Because yeah. it gets exhausting here. So I appreciate you bringing the We're steak. We're trying to give you the protein you need. <laughs> I, need I need it. I need it. And Evander, how's this all going for you so far today? Everything's great. Um, um, I'm glad they, they have in the Super Bowl in Georgia. Yeah. And so, Mercedes-Benz Stadium and I and all the seats are good. Everybody will see a good game because if they miss it, they can look up there and sit on the big tree. <laughs> I haven't been in the stadium yet, but I've I've heard it's it's because the, the 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 screen goes like around the whole stadium, right? Of course, yes. that's awesome. That's awesome. So you uh, are from this area, and you sold Coca Cola. Yes, I did at, at Atlanta Braves games. Is that true? And Braves and the Falcon game. Okay. Because the fact of the matter, you know, I wanted to be a football player, and I was told that you had to be around good people. And so, uh, of course, I I would go after I after I cash out, I run downstairs, wait till the players came, and carry it back to the car. And so, eventually, uh, and this is what it was going to be. And but. I went the other way. I went boxing. Why is that? If you wanted to play football, how come you didn't end up playing football? Because I was a late bloomer. Okay. Meaning that, that when I graduated from high school, I weighed 147 pounds. And I was uh, about 5'9". And, you know, and the coach put me on the bench. And I wasn't accustomed to being on the bench. But my mama said, you got to play the whole season. She said, you know, when it, the season's over... Then you can decide if you want to play again, and uh, so they they finally let me go in the championship game. Then in the championship game, I did real well, and they talked about how good I was. And after I come back next year, I said, "No, why?" I said, "My mama said I don't have to play no more." I I I, I chose boxing because my mama said, you know, coaches choose who they gonna play, and boxing you choose. So uh, so. It was rightly to bet on myself than to bet on somebody else who may think somebody is better. This is just a matter of opinion. Who they put out there. Well, it's safe to say it worked out for it. What position did you play in football? I played running back and I played linebacker. Okay. All right. Well, those are two positions that we in Chicago value very highly. Uh, with Walter Payton, I just had Brian Erlacher sitting down here. So, um uh, that's, that's pretty cool. So, Chef Michael, you're here with Certified Angus Beef. You brought the steak. Well, what, what are you guys letting everyone know about while you're here Well, this, this week is really about bringing the best of the game, and so that's really what we're talking about is if you're going to be, whether you're tailgating, you're cooking inside. Chicago people, they grill all year round, don't they? Oh, right? yeah. They're not afraid of it. I got my grill. They're not I afraid mean, of the grill. You get the grill all now, year I will say round. I'm glad I'm here right now and not in the negative 20. Yeah, I don't know if I would right. grill in negative 20. Yeah, that's when you're going to make... Well, if you're if that's the case, you're going to go inside and you're going to put a quality steak on a cast yeah. iron pan. Hopefully, that's 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 your plan. 
I, I, that's I actually, what I would suggest. Honestly, God, I did that about a week ago. Yeah, so we yeah. did that with the champ. So he came into uh, Worcester, Ohio, is the world headquarters of Certified Eggs Beef. He hung out with us. We came up with a steak. His favorite is the strip steak, by the way. So we came up with the strip. He likes it just lightly seasoned. And his favorite way is just on the cast iron. Just so you can get a really good sear all the way around. That's the goal. Yeah, I did that on a cast iron about a week ago. It works great in the winter. Yeah. What is your recommendation for marinades? Or do you well, not that, go down that that's road? How we talk. Well, you, we can go down that road if it's about low and slow. But okay. if you've got a quality steak, in, in, especially in the middle meats, and you're going to direct fire them, that means... Think tenderloin, fillet, strip, uh, ribeyes, porterhouse, T-bones. Those are all the middle meats. Okay. Those need direct high fire, high heat, right? There's no need for any kind of marinating. That you've got, if you've got quality beef, you want to have it sing and speak on its own. Just a little salt and pepper goes a long way, and that's all you need. So tell me about this sauce that you guys have here, because I tried a little bit. It's fantastic. Yeah. So this is just a little bump. If you like something, just a little kick in the face, a little, you know, left hook. If you will, uh, we created the real deal steak sauce, so it's got a good tang to it. It's got, uh, you know, this this guy's kind of a, it got a big heart, so it's got a touch of touch of sweetness to it too, like a, like the champ has. So we call it our classic steak sauce, and you can find it uh, the recipe if you want to create it at home or for the big game at certifiedeggsbeef.com. So uh, Evander Holyfield, you uh, here in, well in Chicago, the Bears just went through a, a terrible playoff loss. They had high expectations, uh, didn't go the way they wanted. And I, I think they're coming into the next year thinking, all right, they want to get here to, to the Super Bowl where we are right now. So what's your advice for a bunch of athletes that just went through a, you know, a tough loss like that and, you know, hoping for better results going forward? Well, payback pays, uh, pays the way for a comeback all the time. And, you know, like I, I'm always telling people to be the four-time heavyweight champion of the world. That means that some fights you ain't do well. But, of course, the adjustment that I made, I was able to come back and be even stronger. Yeah. And you have to look at life that way because mistakes you're going to make. What was the toughest fighter you ever faced? Uh, I would say uh, the white mom at Kauai. Uh, really? Cruiserweight. Uh, he, was, he was the toughest. And uh, I have to ask you about Mike Tyson. Mm -hmm. What's that relationship like? Uh, we, we, we good. Yeah? We good. I'm, I'm saying Mike and I... We're good, and we, you know, we all fall short. I'm the beautiful fall short, but you know, but that shouldn't be a reason why you can't forgive and move on. What do you? I'm not a big UFC guy. I'm not really into the, yeah, the, that whole craze yet. But what's your what's your opinion on that and that whole sport and how it's taken over? And it, I mean, boxing's kind of taking a, a backseat to it. It seems like. Well, it UFC is not taking over. Now, they may have better people who are doing a better job, which means that we should get better people ourselves. <laughs> but we, you know, I'm saying, man, that's it. I'm telling you, a lot of people don't, a lot of people don't like it, but they got better marketing program. They doing, doing some things that yet the people and, and boxing not doing, which is kind of sad for a sport to be that old and, and not make the adjustment. We you need to make some adjustment to to be better. You're talking about the the actual boxers, or just like the promotion, or you know, everything. The business people. Yeah. Not just the business people who do this thing. You know, and it's kind of saying that that they won't do it for boxing. Right. You got to ask why won't they do it for boxing? You you do it for that. This other 
more people still like boxing than the other sport. But the fact of the matter is, you know, it just needs some adjustment. They could do it if they really wanted to, and you just got to ask why. <laughs> What's up, Mercer? <laughs> so what do you got on the uh, the schedule the rest of the week here with the Super Bowl in Atlanta? Are you going to the game? Uh, of course, I'm going to the game. The game, you know, why would I not go to the game? I, I need to be there. Like that, but I'm, but it's, it, I'm, I'm, I'm looking to, you know, I, I like football. I, I really like football personally, and I, you know, I'm, I'm a, I'm a, I'm a, not a Ram fan, but I'm a NFC guy. You know, that's football league. So you're with the majority of people that want the Patriots to lose this week. No, 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 no. Not so much of that. It's just the fact is that either. AFC or NFC. Okay. I'm in an NFC group. You know what I'm saying? Well, that's where the Bears are, too, in Chicago. So we're with you on that one, Evander. So, you know. Yeah, okay. Thanks for stopping by so much. Chef Michael, food's outstanding. We really appreciate it. Our pleasure. If you want to check out the recipe at certifiedansbeef.com or at your local grocery store, you've got Meyer in your neighborhood, too, yes. right? Yes, yeah. Other great restaurants like Chicago Culinary Kitchen, Smoke. If you like barbecue, go to Smoke. Uh, Joe Stonecraft. Certifying his beef and, and beef is so embraced in Chicago. Are you kidding? Oh, we. I mean, you you don't have to go a block on, downtown without right. hitting a steakhouse. Yeah. So. So hopefully you're gonna have certified his beef at your big game. All right. Thanks so much, guys. Appreciate it. Thank you. Evander Holyfield. It's a fun conversation with an all-time legend for sure. I mean, you, you see some of these guys walking around here on on Radio Row, and you're like, all right, how do you start to rank these guys in terms of you know big sports figures? In our lives, Evander Holyfield's up there, definitely up there. Uh, in terms of you know former Bears players, Jimbo Covert certainly up there as well. He's been around uh, today. Mike Dick is having his big Super Bowl event tonight, so Jimbo Covert's still a big part of that. Uh, and and you know somebody to, to talk about the Bears with uh, as someone who was with the '85 Bears and and still pays attention to what's going on. Jimbo Covert. Sat down with us earlier this morning. This is also a fun conversation. Well, here's a familiar face. Jimbo Covert joining us now on Radio Row on Sports Central here, WGN. How's it going? How's the day going? This is always a busy time. Going great. Going great. Having fun and going around meeting some people, making the rounds and talking about gridiron greats. So thanks for having me on. I appreciate it. What was your reaction watching the this Bears team this year return to greatness? Unfortunately, the way it ended wasn't fun, but yeah. it, it was a great team. No, I thought they did or had a tremendous bounce back, and I think that uh, you know that defense got got really good in a hurry. Uh, and so it shows to take a couple of impact players there, uh, but they have more than just a couple. I mean, you know, they got uh, Roquan and obviously Cleo Mack, but you know that secondary's improved, and I mean, uh, you know, so so they got good in a hurry there, and and then offensively, I think Mitch Trubisky is the real thing, and. Um, uh, he played well. He's Pro Bowl this year, so I mean, uh, you know, I think uh, you know they're really looking up there. And Ryan Pice is doing a nice job. But I like Matt Nagy. I mean, it's hard to change culture that quickly. Yeah. You know, and he did a great job changing it. And you can just see the attitude change and the enthusiasm. And I mean, he deserves all the credit. Well, well, just being around the the team every day, like I am, it, you know, I think Ryan put the wheels in motion very, you know, kind of slowly over the last few years. But he needed to find that coach 
to execute it, sure. all of that. Because it's the coach, right, that's there every day with the players is, sure. that they're following. Sure. Yeah, and like I said, you know, he's a Matt's such a you know, such a dynamic coach and players coach, they say. But, you know, I mean, you could just you just tell that there was something different from the beginning of the year and, the, you know, the enthusiasm, the culture, the way the players were responding to the press, you know, not being inside, just kind of looking at it from the outside. And... Um, Pretty special, so I think they're 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 definitely on the rebuild, and um, you know I see them winning the North next year, and um, you know we'll see what happens. Well, you're you're here with Gridiron Greats, and there's a big event tonight w- sure. with Mike Dicka. Sure, sure. It's uh, Gridiron Greats. It's uh, Dicka Jaws Cigars, we call it. So we're co- combining with Ron Jaworski. You know, people can go online and see it at DickaJawsCigars.com, so you can see all about it. If you're down here in the area and you'd like to come, you know, you can come. You can get a ticket. You can use a code DICKA100 and you get $100 off. So we'd love to see you. But it's really for the benefit of Gridiron Greats and After the Impact Fund. So, I mean, Gridiron Greats helps so many former players and, uh, you know, health issues, you know, issues with concussion issues, pre-dementia. But, you know, people think, in, you know, perception is not always reality. So, you know, there's guys that played in the 60s, 70s, early 80s. Uh, didn't make that much money, right? Didn't go very far. My rookie year, 1983, the the minimum salary was 24,000. And we wow. had guys making 24,000. So several guys. So so um, that's not always reality. So these guys have health issues after they're done playing. A lot of times they can't hold a job down because they have health issues. Can't afford their prescription medicines. Sometimes even can't afford their rent. So you know we're trying to help guys like that that have issues. And the After an Impact Fund helps. You know we've combined with them and it's helping veterans do the same thing. You know, helping them with substance abuse and things like that after they come back. Um, And uh, it's just been a great relationship. And I've been involved when Mike asked me to get involved, you know, several years ago, 10, 15 years ago. And, you know, I've been helping ever since. And so uh, it's a great cause. Well, as a former offensive lineman, how are you doing? I mean, you you look great. I'm doing great. I mean, I I was very, I mean, I've had some orthopedic issues, you know, and I just had my knee replaced and my ankle reconstructed last September. But, you know, I bounced back pretty good. And, um, you know, I've had a bunch of surgeries, but uh, I'm, I'm, I'm good. You know, I'm good. I try to keep my weight down. I try to exercise every day, try to eat right, you know, all the good things you're supposed to do. You know, stay away from alcohol, but that doesn't happen all the time. <laughs> but, um, but yeah, I mean, I'm one of the lucky ones, you know. And when I got done playing, I went right into working and, you know, did pretty well. So, you know, a lot of guys couldn't do that because they were limited physically, you know. So I was lucky and, um, you know, trying to get back. Well, we, we have Dan Hampton on our post-game show on WGN. He's special. He, he looks yeah. like he can still play. Yeah, he does, yeah. Yeah, he's special. Um, but uh, Hamp's a great teammate, great friend, and uh, love to listen to him on the radio when I'm in Chicago and listen to you guys. Um, but, yeah, I mean, but he's had, I mean, he's been banged up, too. I mean, you can yeah. see the things he's had. I don't know how many knee surgeries he's had, uh, but he's still a pretty imposing figure. You know, he's 6'6", too, you know. But, uh, um, anyway guys aren't that fortunate so guys like him and me that did pretty well after football there's a lot of guys that didn't because they couldn't hold a job down couldn't go there had issues so we're trying to help those people out we're talking to jimbo cover here on radio row former offensive lineman for the chicago bears how how's mike dickett doing i just had the heart attack yeah you know what it was, he, he had a couple stents put in and i saw him last week we had a fundraiser down in fort lardale and uh he looked great so uh, you know he's uh, he's doing fantastic, and uh, he has scare there. But you know it was it was serious deal. But uh, he's back, and so um, you know we're, uh, we're you're looking forward to seeing him. 
Well, uh, another one of our teammates at WGN is Jared Payton, who I work with oh, all yeah, the Jared, time. Great kid, yeah. What uh, I'm sure you have plenty of stories uh, from playing with Walter, but uh, I mean, what what uh, what do you remember about blocking? You know, for what, I was Payton? so I was so lucky because um, you know Matt Sui and I were roommates for so many years, and you know back in those days, the only one that had a single room was Walter. So. Um, so, but but he always wanted to be next to us. So there was an adjoining room. He was always over in our room anyway. So I got a chance to spend a lot of time with him. He was just a special person. Um, when you came into the league and you wanted a role model to see what a pro was, that was a pro. You know, he showed up every day, uh, worked his ass off, played 13 years in the league, missed one game, um, and just was uh, just an inspiration and had such innate leadership ability that it's hard to. You know, it's hard to teach that. So, um, you know, I know Jared gets a chance to talk about his dad every day. You know, um, my, my son Casey and him are running around the locker rooms together. It's like a family, you know. Yeah. So I miss him every day. And, uh, it, 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 you know, it got hard at the beginning when he when he passed. And, you know, you could just see what a role model he meant to so many people. So. Well, just getting to know Jared and his family, uh, it was really cool seeing his son Jaden run around Walter Payton jerseys and, and shirts and you know he never knew his grandfather but you, you, you see the love there and it, and it, it, it connects like sure. he, he gets it that's sure. been really cool to see sure yeah um, and you're right it's a big family and uh, but Walter was one of the most special people I met in my life and I mean, had a great impact on me well uh, you still consider yourself a big bears fan like you watch the games during the season you know i'm in florida now so you know i try i had the sunday ticket and all that stuff so i try to watch as many games as i can with the bears um and uh you know when they came to miami and uh that turned yeah (laughs) didn't turn out unfortunately it was foreshadowing yeah with the missed kick at the end yeah yeah unfortunately uh but uh, i got to see that game in person so um but anyway yeah i i really think this team is turning the corner and it's going to be fun to watch jimbo jimbo covert thanks so much for joining us here today thank you appreciate it thanks for having me all right, good to catch up with Jimbo Covert here on Radio Row a little bit earlier today. And we're rolling on. We are rolling on here on a big show from Radio Row and going to keep it going. Got Trey Burton uh, coming up live here in a little bit. But uh, first, I had a chance to catch up with another former Bear, Earl Bennett, who's been doing uh, a, lot, a lot of stuff in the media, played uh, for, uh, what, about five years with the Chicago Bears? I think it was 2008 to 2013, so six seasons, uh, if my math is correct there, with the Chicago Bears and was a, a favorite target of Jay Cutler. Um, and he's been uh, doing some stuff in the media, did, did been on WGN Radio a lot uh, this year with, with Mark Carmen. And uh, he stopped by a little earlier ago. You may have, if you heard the Evander Holyfield interview, then you heard how there was some stake uh, sitting here uh, on our table, and it was, it was like the first thing that Earl Bennett noticed. Uh, hey, Adam, how about this steak right here, man? It's, it's uh, from my farm. <laughs> Vander Holyfield just brought it over, and they're uh, certified Angus beef. That's what everybody's <laughs> plugging something, Earl. It's certified Angus beef. You can have some if you want it. Uh, no, I'm good. I'm good. So, how's it going, man? It's good to see you. Uh, yes, thanks sir. for stopping by uh, uh, at Sports Central here on Radio Row. We were just talking about how crazy it gets people yeah. are walking by with their entourages yeah. and thursday's always the craziest day yeah i mean everybody is very popular everybody is you know cream of the crop and they're just you know walking around bodyguards got their chains on 
you know, looking like Puff Daddy, you know, I think it's super, I think it's just interesting to me because I've never been that guy that walked around with an entourage. I've never had, you know, a ton of people with me wherever I go. You know, I say hi, speak to people, sign autographs, you know, no big deal, but it's just, I don't know, it's always interesting. Yeah, and hey, you be careful. Puff Daddy might might be here. He may be here. You never know who shows up. If Sean Combs <laughs> is here, then yeah, he will definitely have at least 30 people with him. <laughs> Guaranteed. <laughs> oh, at least. Uh, and the security here is nuts, too. So, uh, Brian Erlacher was just sitting here. Did you see Brian? No, I haven't seen Brian. He's around somewhere. Yeah. Uh, what, what have you been up to? I know you've been doing a lot of stuff in the media this year, hanging yeah. out with my guy, Mark Carmen. Yeah. Who works with us at WGN. Yeah, so I've been uh, doing some stuff with WGN Radio with Mark Carmen. I did some stuff with uh, WGN pregame show uh, for the Bears. Also, I did some a little bit with Fox postgame show. So, yeah, I've been making my uh, rounds in the media, which has been cool and different for me. You like it? Um, yeah, I like it. It's a, it's a lot of fun. There's some, you know. Some things about it that's, you know, perks, and then there's some things about it that take away from you uh, as being a former player because now guys see you as, you know, part of the media, and there's yeah. a stigma that comes with it. So, well, on that, let's start the pot a little bit then. Yeah. Let's, let's, you, let's do you, it. You crossed over, so. <laughs> I, I've crossed over. Yeah. Well, what, what, just what did you think about the, I guess, the, the whole Bear season? Do you view it as a success? Obviously, I mean, you win 12 games. That's hard to do in the NFL. But it, 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 we talked about that going into the playoff game. If they were to lose to the Eagles, is it still a successful season? They end up losing, and it was in heartbreaking fashion. So how yeah. do you view, view it? I think it was a successful season. First-year head coach, second-year quarterback, got a, young, a lot of young guys around. I think if they continue to build on what they did this year, they have a shot. They had a shot this year, to be honest. The defense was playing very well. If they stopped them on their fourth down, they may be here at the Super Bowl. Yeah. You know, if Cody Parker makes that field goal, they may be here at the Super Bowl. So there's a lot of ifs uh, that were left out on the field at Eagles game. And I'm pretty sure it'll leave a, a bad taste in those guys' mouth. But I look for them to bounce back big this year. There's, a, there's been a lot of speculation about adding Kareem Hunt to the team, which I don't know That's that would be something different, you know. But I definitely think it was a successful season. Do you think they should go after Kareem? Oh, man. I like I like Jordan Howard. I do. I honestly do. I like the change of pace with Howard and Cohen. If you have a guy like Kareem, come, Kareem Hunt come in, now do you really need Cohen? Because Kareem Hunt is a every down back. and so. Well, I'm sure that Nagy would look at it like he's got his Kareem Hunt and Tyreek Hill. Oh, Possibly. I mean, obviously, I don't think I don't think Cohen is to Hill's level. Yeah. But that I know just from being around the team all year, that's kind of how Nagy wants to use, and he kind of uses Taylor Gabriel the same way. It's right. like he realizes he doesn't have Tyreek Hill anymore. Right. Exactly. But he's trying to use those two guys interchangeably between the running back and the wide receiver position because that that becomes hard to defend. Yeah, it's very hard to defend, and the good thing about it is the personnel, right? So you could typically have Tariq Cohen and Kareem Hunt in the game too. And people will think it's a two-back personnel, but now teams will have to, you know, obviously adjust and have, you know, one be a wide receiver, one be a a, a back. But I don't know. For me, it's just tough because if you look at Tariq Cohen's skill sets, uh, it's similar to Tariq Hill, but Tariq Hill is just a raw athlete that just, I mean, he could take the top off at wide receiver, and they're going to put a cornerback on him. Now, if Tariq Cohen's out there, we don't know. Would they have a linebacker on him, a safety? I'm, I don't think they'll put a corner on. 
Well, that was something we, we talked about in that Eagles game because uh, Trey Burton, who's, who's actually going to be here today yeah. uh, a little bit later, we're going to talk to him. He ends up not playing in that game. Mm-hmm. And, you know, it was very... Very odd. When you played, did you ever have a teammate that just, like, popped up on the injury report, not on Friday, but on Saturday, the day before the game? And it, it was just so bizarre. All the years I've covered the Bears, I had not seen that. Yeah, that was a first. I've never seen that a day in my life. To pop up on Saturday, uh, That yeah, that, that leaves a, another bad taste in your mouth about, you know, this player. Like, what happened, what transpired uh, for an injury to come up on a Saturday when it's just a walkthrough? Uh, it's baffling. Well, the reason I brought that up is because I think it changed the matchup so much in that yeah. game. Uh, all of a sudden, it became easier for the Eagles. You're talking about putting a linebacker safety uh, on Tariq mm-hmm. Cohen. How do you cover him? Well, you, you take that tight end position out of there, basically, because yeah. the rest of those guys can't really – they're not as versatile as Trey Burton is. Right. It just it, – I, I thought it was uh, – watching the game live just from the press box sitting there, I thought it made a huge difference. Yeah, no, it definitely made a huge difference. Anytime you got a guy like Burden who could, you know, he could stretch the field, he can get down the middle of the seam like he's a guy that's quarterback friendly. And so when you have him, it's it's easy. It makes things a lot, a lot, you know, more accessible, especially with some of the wide receivers and some of the things that you can do as a coordinator. But when you lose him, now you're you're struggling to find, you know, a rhythm with the team. You're struggling to figure out how do I replace this um, this production and. It, it was bad, you know. Like some of the tight ends, they don't—they're not as versatile as Burton, you know. And yeah, you, it was very evident that they—they they missed him a lot. You still talk to Jay Cutler? Uh, it's been a while. Okay. Yeah, it's been a while. The last time I talked to Jay was probably January. Okay. Uh, you kind of—you were always kind of his. It seemed like favorite target. Yeah. At times, well, why was that? Is it just the Vanderbilt connection? Yeah, I think it was the Vanderbilt connection and uh, just being quarterback friendly. Uh, for me, I always wanted to run routes where I had a chance to get the ball, no matter if I was the number one or number three in the progression. And I think he felt comfortable with me and give me the ball. So it was good until Marshall came, and then uh, things switched a little bit, but. Yeah. Yeah, but I always just try to be quarterback friendly and just you know take advantage of what what I get. You you were there for the big transition that really led to those tough years that that the Bears just went through. Right? Yeah, you saw it firsthand. What what changed so much? Well, other than obviously you know you you, you fire the GM, yeah. who then fires the head coach. It's right. going to be changed. But I'm talking more just like the attitude. The, the feeling in the locker room. You know, this yeah. year, the guys, every single day, you could just see how much Matt Nagy had corrected the culture yeah. back to probably more how it was when, when you guys were flying high with Lovey Smith. Yeah, exactly. That's what happened. The culture changed. Mark Tressman came in, and one thing that he implemented was there was no music to be played in the locker room. And some of the guys was like, what? He was like, yes, I'm changing the culture around here. We were like, we just went 10-6. and six. Why are you trying to change the culture? <laughs> like, yeah. That's not a bad season. We barely missed the playoffs. And so when he came in, he wanted to change the culture. That's all he kept saying. He was like, no doors shut. Keep every door open. And a lot of guys just didn't like it, didn't buy into it. And so he ended up getting guys out of there, trying to get his own guys in. And he only lasted, what, a season and a half? So two, two seasons and a half. So, yeah, it was, it was rough. You know, coaches have – different ways of doing things they always do so it's always going to be an adjustment but I, I think it, let me give you an example so one of the things that Tressman did was he changed all your lockers around yeah so now you're not with the guys you've been hanging out with you're with random people exactly. and, I, and I guess I understand what he's thinking but 
it just didn't seem the right thing to do for the camaraderie that you guys had already built. Whereas, guess what? Matt Nagy did the same thing this year. And that caught my eye because I'm like, this did not work when Tressman came in. But the difference is it, it he wasn't disrupting something that had already been established. He right. was he was correcting the problem. So yeah. I, I don't think the issue is so much, oh, your lockers got moved around, right. you're around different people. It's yeah. just what is – it's more so the trust in the head coach. What are you doing and why are you doing this? Right. Uh, and and I think that just from being around in those days, and, and, I, and I was covering the team back then too, it's just – there were so many little things like that where it just – it's like, what, what is the motivation behind what you're doing, Mark Trustman? Right. Yeah, no, definitely. The operational trust was not there. There was a lot of guys that didn't trust in him. A lot of guys didn't believe in his philosophy. And some guys just, you know, tend to shut him out and shut him down. Uh, there was a couple of players who actually challenged him a few times uh, in terms of play calling, in terms of uh, the way things were being operated in the locker room. And he never responded in a way to show that he was the leader of the team. And so when you didn't do that, a lot of guys just don't buy into what you're doing. They don't respect you. And I think that's ultimately what it came down to. So what do you mean by challenge him? Just like in meetings and things like yeah, that? Yeah, like in meetings. Uh, there was an example. There was a wide receiver. I won't mention which one. Okay. And he's playing around. And Tressman tells him, you see you ran this route wrong. And the receiver goes, rewind it. And he goes, you see it? The receiver go rewind it again. So Tressman rewinded it three times. The receiver said, I'm open. Tell him to get me the damn ball. And so at that point, there was a chance for Tressman to really, you know, show and prove like his leadership to the team. He did not. The receiver got up, walked out of the room, and went home. The end. I think I have an idea who it might be. (laughs) (laughs) That he wasn't fine. Nothing happened to the receiver. That was the end of it. Well, and 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 that's something too that I always I don't want to say bothered me, but I always thought was weird. I mean, Brandon Marshall has this press conference that he like called on his own. Do you remember this? Yeah. It's like in the middle of a work week. He's like, I'm going to the podium. The PR staff told him not to do it. He had handouts for the media with all this information. <laughs> and, and there was just no accountability for these kinds of things that were happening no. around the room. And it was exactly. it was just obvious that the, the head coach and, and the GM did not have control over what was happening. Exactly. They didn't have any control. They didn't know what was going on half the time until, you know, Brandon comes up and say, hey, I'm going to the podium. Here's the flyer. And so I think anytime you have guys like that who, as leaders, you look up to, as management, you want them to operate things accordingly, you're going to fail. You're not going to have success. And so that's what happened. They ended up getting fired, and now the Bears, are they're back to what it used to be. Uh, there's a lot of fun. And what's interesting is I actually have Jordan Howard coming, uh, coming up on my uh, podcast. Okay. And he talks about who created Club Dub. That's what I wanted to know. Because it looks like so much fun. Every win and you got the disco. And he's like, Coach Nagy. I go, what? He goes, no, Coach Nagy, he created that. In my mind... I want to play for somebody. Absolutely. Like that. like that that is a lot of fun. Like you have a coach who who name plays Santa Slays, right? Like that's fun. Like every day I would want to go to practice just to see what new plays he have and I think it, it it's brilliant what he's doing. So that's one of the things that really stood out to me Earl this whole season is he he was able to change the culture so quickly, but He's got guys treating the game seriously. Yep. You know, when they get in the game plan, when they get in their meeting, 
I mean, it's serious. Yeah. But he knows how to balance it with Club Dub, and they got Saturday morning dance-offs. And so they're having fun at the same time. They call him Swaggy Naggy for a reason. <laughs> but he also seems to – well, let me bring up the Cody Parkey thing. Right. Because – all year long, he talked about we versus me, and right. the players bought into it. And I think he showed that he he can go to the podium every day as the head coach and answer questions from the media, tough questions about the quarterback, and always have his players back while also being respectful to the media, right. which is something that in the whole John Fox era we didn't really experience. He just wouldn't say anything, and he didn't really show a whole lot of respect. So Nagy manages to talk to the media respectfully without throwing his players under the bus. But at the same time, that word accountability, and we were just talking about it with some of the things with Brandon Marshall. So Parkey kind of violates the culture a little bit by going on the Today Show. Doesn't do the we versus me thing. It's more about him. It clearly bothered Matt Nagy. And really, for the first time all year, he kind of brought the hammer down. But I I thought it was just a matter of showing accountability, too. Like, you... If you're not going to do what we're preaching here, I'm not afraid to hold you accountable, too. So just as a former player... How do you view that if you were, you know, kind of being called out in a press conference by the head coach? No, I absolutely love it. Uh, you got to set the tone, and he did that from the beginning, let him know that, hey, this is a we thing, right? There's no I in this. And so by Cody Parkey going against management, not letting anybody know that he's going on a Today Show, like, that is selfish in itself, right? Because now I'm putting myself and what I did before the team. And anytime you go against what management say, that's bad. Anytime management does not know what you're doing, <laughs> that's very bad too. And so I like it. I like him calling them out. Uh, nowadays, you see more um, more coaches kind of tiptoe around calling players out. But I like it. Call the player out. If he did something bad, call him out. And so, I, I think holding him accountable, it, that's what needed to happen. Do you think he that Cody Parkey can come back in that locker room and – still be respected or or are they going to look at him differently now i think they'll look at him differently now uh i don't see him surviving this Uh, i think they bring in a guy uh from free agency uh josh lambo a guy who who names come up robbie go robbie was just on your podcast right yeah yeah yeah. had robbie on the podcast so plug your pod first of all what's it called how do we find it yeah pro style podcast it on Apple iTunes, on YouTube. We have Robbie on just talking about free agency. Uh, Will he sign back with the 49ers? Do he want to come back to the Bears? He still lives in Chicago. He was at the Philly game. So obviously he loves Chicago. He loves the culture. He wants to finish his career as a Chicago Bear. And I think he should. I think he still have a couple years left in him. I think it is the easiest free agency target and signing Maybe in the history of the Chicago Bears. You think so? They need a kicker. Yeah. We were just talking about this with Brian Erlacher who's here. They need a kicker. Yeah. Badly. Very bad. Ended their season. Yes. They need it. It's their number one priority. He is the all-time leading scorer in Chicago Bears history. Yeah. He's been unbelievable since he left Chicago. Yeah. He wants to come home. He wants to retire as a Bear. And I'm sure, you know, he, he got so close to winning the Super Bowl with the Bears. Yeah. Doesn't have that Super Bowl ring. Yeah, it's it's the. I mean, it just makes perfect sense from both sides. You just gotta. I think the biggest question is, can you eat that much money from Cody Parkey and sign another kicker that's not going to be cheap? Right. Yeah, I think that's what it comes down to: the the salary. Uh, how much will Robbie go? Which is ironic because that's why they right? cut him. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> 
So how, how much is it going to take to bring Robbie Gold back? That That's the big question. But imagine the, the book for Robbie Gold, right? If he comes back to Chicago and they win the Super Bowl. Like, that's going to be one of the New York Times bestseller ever, right. just based on his journey. You know, being cut, playing for two other teams, and then coming back to Chicago, a city that he loved. Family's still there. Even while he's playing in San Fran, his family's still in Chicago. So it's one of those things that when I look at it, I think it, it you know, it's, it, it works perfectly. They Hopefully they can figure out the numbers and bring Robbie home. So you're in the locker room with Robbie Gold. He, he, he's a very confident guy. Very confident. Uh, he, you know, can sometimes be abrasive yeah. at, at times. He's not afraid to challenge people. Right. And, and, and I think that's fine. I mean, you probably had a lot of teammates who were like that. But, it, but is it just like the kicker position there? Sometimes you're like, all right. Like you're still a kicker. I mean, I'm just asking. Yeah. I, I'm just asking, like, how that is uh, perceived by other teammates in the locker room when you have a guy like that. I think anytime you have a guy like that in the locker room, you just enjoy him because it's funny because he's a kicker, right? But he's just so abrasive. Right. He's super confident, but he won't make a tackle, right? We know Robbie's not going to tackle. We know why Robbie's here. He's here to kick field goals. He's here to kick off, and that's his job. But you love him as a teammate because you know when he's out on the field, he's going to trash talk the heck out of the other team, and he's going to do everything in his willpower to win the game. So I enjoy playing with Robbie A training camp. He brings his golf clubs. You barely see him. But he was just one of those guys that loved the game. He loved the culture. He loved his teammates. Uh, he'd do anything for you guys. And, man, he it, for me, man, I, I hope and pray that the Bears find a way to sign him. Yeah, it just seems like a perfect uh marriage oh, to yeah. have reunited and, yeah. and it would be great. Earl, man, it's great talking to you. It's good seeing you here. And this is fun. It, it, you know, fun looking back on some of the the good times and the, yeah. and the bad times. I, yeah. Here, one last thing for you. You guys came so close to, to making the Super Bowl yeah. uh, in that game against the Packers. So so co- coming off such a tough loss like the Bears are in the playoffs, I mean, what's your advice on how they should handle uh, the expectations, because they're going to be huge going into next season. Yeah, so coming off that 2010-2011 uh, uh, season when we lost to the Packers, it was tough. It was rough. A lot of guys didn't know how to rebound, how we would respond, but we kind of put it behind us, and we hit, I think we were 7-3 and three before Cutler broke his thumb uh, the, San the Chargers, Di- yeah, yeah, San Diego game. And we were able to, you know, just really focus on what we wanted to do as a team. Uh, we had that bitter taste in our mouth from losing at our home field to the Packers. And so we wanted to, you know, get back to that position where we had an opportunity to, you know, redeem ourselves. But for the Bears, I think they have a great group of young guys who love the game. We have a young coach who love the game. A lot of guys that really enjoy what they're doing. And I think I think they'll be fine. I think they'll put this behind them. I think Trubisky will have a great season next year. You know, there's a lot of guys who are saying, oh, how's he going to be, you know, this year coming up? But I honestly think he's a top 15 quarterback. I think he has uh, the intangibles to be, you know, one of the best guys uh, out there. And so when you put it all together, I think the defense will be fine, too. I mean, you got Khalil Mack, oh, man. Eddie Jackson, Kyle Fuller. You have a ton of playmakers on defense. Well, one big difference seems to be, like, the window is still opening here. Yes. Whereas I think when you guys lost to the Packers, maybe that was just sort of the start of the door starting to close, yeah. really on the defensive side yeah. of the football. Yeah, yeah, Defensive side, guys were getting older, right? Yeah. They were aging. Uh, Erlacher, Briggs, some of those guys on the back end was getting very old. Chris Harris. And so for us, it was like, all right, let's 
try to squeeze as much as we can out of this next season. And unfortunately, we weren't able to. But these are a bunch of young guys. The window is still open. They have a lot of football left to play. And so it, it'll be interesting to see how this offseason play out in terms of free agency with the kicker, with the running back, would they trade Jordan Howard, what's going to happen. Earl, man, it's good talking to you. I'll have to check out the podcast. Yeah, man, appreciate and, it. And uh, it's fun having you in the media. Likewise, man. Thank All you right. for having me. Have fun here at the Super Bowl. Will do. Here live on Sports Central, we have a current bear. So we go from a former bear to a current bear. And Trey Burton, Bears tight end, is, is sitting down with us here on Radio Row. How's it going, man? Going well, man. Enjoying my time. Yeah, you got your big Super Bowl ring yeah, on? Yeah, dude. Had to bring it out. Oh, yeah. For what, this what other event would I bring it out yeah, for? Absolutely. Uh, that, that's got to be pretty cool to be you know, representing one of those. And, you, and you're here uh, as one of the finalists for the Walter Payton Man of the Year Award, which has to be a huge honor for you. Oh, yeah. Uh, and we were just talking to Robbie Gold a little while ago, too, who sat down with us. He's, a, he's one of the finalists as well. Just What has this award um, become for you players. I, I think it's so cool that they actually put the patch on the jerseys yeah. when you win the award. For I mean, sure. it's just sort of a, you know, it, it's a positive label that you always have on your jersey the rest of your career. Yeah, man, it's extremely special. You know, uh, knew knew a little bit about Walter. You know, coming into Chicago, and then uh, once I found out I was nominated, you know, for the award, just dug so much deeper into it and just the man he was obviously unbelievable football player you know no one not too many people will ever have the skill skill set he has um but what he did off the field you know he kind of was the pioneer for all of us you know to not just be football players to use our platform to use our influence you know whatever you want to call it um for good and uh, he that, that was basically him in a nutshell one of the one of the things you said this season that just caught my ears we you know we talked to you every week at house hall was uh, one of the weeks you said that the opportunity for some of the charitable work that you do, uh, specifically in Chicago, was one of the reasons why you know sh- Chicago was so attractive to you. No, no, for sure, definitely, no doubt. That was one of the top, you know, three things that was on our list, my family and I's list of um, where we were going to play next. And uh, obviously, there's a big need in Chicago, and um, we're excited, you know, to kind of get our feet and hands dirty this off season when we go back up there now that we kind of have a house and kind of got settled in with the school for the kids and everything and um, we just you know we have we have a great team great locker room guys who have a heart for the city and so we're really excited to um, get back into it well you work with a number of different organizations but the the ended movement i know it yeah. has been a huge focal point for you and, and part of the reason why you're here today yeah ended movement uh is huge here in atlanta uh, passion church you know kind of started a couple years ago and um they do a great job of raising awareness on slavery uh, next Thursday is actually Shine a Light on Slavery Day, and uh, they what they like to have people do is put red X's on their hands and uh, play, put it on social media, and kind of just give a little little bit of background of why you're supporting End It. And uh, the the big organization I, I deal with is IJM, and they're a partner with End It. Okay. And um, I, my family and I, we just don't believe there should be any place for slavery, even though there is a lot of slavery going on around the world. Um, we want to do the most we possibly can to you know raise awareness for it. So it's it's a worldwide worldwide movement. Yeah. 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 Very yeah. very cool, Trey. Well, um, how have these last few weeks been for you? I I, I know it was <clears throat> the way the season ended was not. Uh, what the team wanted, and and you know Prince was here yesterday, Prince of Mukamara, and you could tell like you know it's still the the wounds are still fresh, and then specifically for you because you didn't get to play in the game. Yeah, just, just how, how's it been? Uh, you know it's obviously rough, like you said, not playing, knowing that we could probably be playing, or we should be playing this week, um, but it was a really long year for me. You know, uh, this uh, a full year of nonstop ball, so it's kind of kind of feels good for my family and I to get away and kind of get to 
and reintroduce myself to my children, you know, and reintroduce myself to my wife and um, spend time with them. Um, so it's kind of been a little bit, of, a little bit relaxing, you know, and uh, kind of just enjoying my time with my family. The 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 questions about anxiety. I, the reason I want to ask you about it is because it it's, it seemed like it just sort of caught fire at the end of the year, mm-hmm. probably just because the. You know, you know how fans are. You played in Philadelphia too. Oh, yeah. the, the fans are just so passionate, and when something goes wrong, they, you know they want reasons. They yeah. they want to know what happened. And and in your situation, I mean, getting hurt or ending up on the injury report on a Saturday is very rare in yeah. the NFL. And so I think people were just like kind of looking for reasons. It, it, was it was that all that overblown? Oh yeah, way overblown okay. for sure. I mean, I have dealt with anxiety. In yeah, the past. you've been open about for sure, one hundred percent. And when I have had that problem, I've openly spoke about it. You know, but. I don't think this had anything to do with anxiety, um, and this is just something that happens to my body. It's happened to me in the past, you know, where I just lock up, and um, there's nothing I can really do about it. You've been a very durable player in your career, yeah. haven't you? I yeah. mean, you've dealt with—I know you've dealt with with a lot of things, yeah. but um, yeah, that couldn't have been easy. Easy, for horrible me. timing, man. If there was ever a game I want to play in, even if it was a preseason game against oh. my former team, I'd want to play. You know, that whole game, and um, to, to add matters, make it even worse. It was a playoff game, you know, and. Um, it was just tough. Did you feel like the matchups in that game shifted because you weren't out there? Um, a little bit. I mean, I knew Malcolm was Malcolm Jenkins was going to cover me. Um, I mean, he even told me after the game, he's like, "Dude, you, you made me waste all my time watching all this film on you, and then the <laughs> night before the game, you only you only you only even play." Uh, and so I knew he was going to cover me, you know. But I don't know. I mean, you never know, bro. You never know sure. what could happen. Uh, how, how many conversations, if at all, have you had with, with Cody Parkey the last few weeks, and, and what was your reaction to him going on the Today Show? Yeah, I hate I hate that he has to go through all of this. You know, I know how great of a guy he is. I'm his locker mate. I yep. played with him in Philly when he was a Pro Bowl kicker. You know, um, and so for him and his family to have to go through this, I hate it. But I know he's strong enough, and he'll he'll get over it, get past it. Uh, I've talked to him a couple times, you know, since the season's over. I haven't actually seen the Today Show um, video, so I don't know. I guess there was a little bit of backlash, you know, from that, but I haven't seen it, and so I don't know too much about that. But I know it takes a lot to stand up on national television and even talk about something that you're going through, and um, so I commend him for that. Yeah, well, from your own experiences, uh, I know it's not exactly the same situation, but um, you, the, you've written about anxiety. You've talked. You've talked about it. Does, is that is that helpful for you? And is it just important to to kind of be open and honest about those conversations. I think it's more, yeah, it does help. It is helpful, but I think it's more for other people who are going through it. You know, us as men don't like to talk about what we're going through and the struggles struggles that we have, but in reality, all of us have a lot of similar problems and a lot of similar struggles. And so um, I kind of just want to break the stigma of like, man, listen, I need someone to talk to. You know, I need a counselor. I need, you know, whatever. I need my wife, uh, somebody who I can be honest with. So um, you should be able to go out and seek and look for help as well. It's it's, it's, it's definitely very beneficial. Well, I, I think it's cool that you do that and because you're absolutely right. I mean, a lot of people just, they, they... We think it's a sign of weakness when it really isn't. Right, and, and uh, I, I just know... F- from experiences in my own life, that some people they feel like they're they're alone in those situations. So it's probably helpful when they hear, uh, you know, a professional athlete For like sure. yourself, a, a player on the Chicago Bear, Bears, talk about it. For so sure. I, I appreciate that. Um, you were playing in this game a year ago. Yeah, uh, you, you got the ring to prove it. What's it like being back at the Super Bowl? Obviously, you wish you were putting that uniform on on, on yeah. Sunday again. Uh, it's cool. It's kind of cool to see everything from the outside. You know, I, I experienced um, just how crazy it is from a player standpoint, but now I'm kind of here as a spectator. So um, in a great city like Atlanta. And so it's not as cold as it was last year in Minnesota, but 
um, it's, it's fun. It's fun to see everything and check everything out. Yeah. Well, uh, you, you got a pick in the game? I mean, the, no, but no? I've been telling people if I, if I had a team, had to pick a team, it'd be L.A. You know, um, even though I respect the Patriots and, you know, I can't stand them, but I respect them, uh, I would love to see L.A. win. Okay, well, let me ask it this way. What did you guys do successfully to beat the Patriots in the Super Bowl? Scored a I mean, lot of points. Yeah, I, I know. I was <laughs> there. Of, I was there. It was a fun game to be <laughs> yeah. at. Yeah. Up and down the, the whole entire game. but. Yeah. Uh, you know, is there anything the Rams can take away from what you guys did? I mean, everyone just they look at the Patriots like like they're unbeatable, and you yeah. guys showed last year that you you could outscore them. Yeah, I mean, you got to do what you do well, even better than you had before. You know, to play them, they're going to try to take away your strengths. Which everybody knows about that. But the Rams do really well with the play action pass, and obviously, in order to have play action pass, you got to be able to run the ball. Um, and so, you know, those two things. But then ultimately, turnovers. You know, if you if you don't turn the ball over, you got a good chance to win. But if you do turn it over. You're probably going to lose, you know, against them, and you might have to hit them with a couple of trick plays here and there as well. What's next for the Chicago Bears, and maybe specifically this this Bears offense that was still work in progress in year one in the system, and, and your your quarterback, which I think showed at the end of the year how clutch he can be, yeah. especially in third down. And hey, he put you guys in position there yeah. to have a chance. If you're asking me what makes me excited, is that the second half of the playoff game. Dude was dealing. Mitch was throwing that thing, making the reads, getting us in the right place, um, making tough throws, standing in the pocket, um, conducting the offense like it's supposed to be conducted. And uh, that's that's what gets me excited. That's what gives me optim- optimism for next season. And uh, I'm I'm really excited for it. So you were you were in that huddle the the whole year. How did he? How could you sense that he? got better and more comfortable as the year went on he just matured you know uh throughout the season from week one really even from training camp or otas training camp and week one just the amount of growth that he showed is extremely impressive you know and hopefully when we all come back together we all start you know from where we ended and we don't dip down because it's easy to dip down being gone for so long and, uh, and that's just not not on him that's on everybody i'm talking to myself as well you know hopefully i'm playing just like i was at the end of the year last year at the beginning of the year this year and uh, that's kind of the challenge to all of us. Uh, well, I know you're, you're you're busy. I got one more question for you because yeah. I I uh, tend to be a little bit of a film nerd sometimes. Yeah. So the season ends, I start going back and watching some of the games, and I go back to Week One, that game in Green Bay, and late in the game, I kind of forgot you guys had the ball yeah. with a chance to go down the field, and it just looking at that, it was like I was comparing it to what had just happened in the playoff game with Mitch going right down the field mm-hmm. like it was easy, and that was a little bit more disjointed in, in Week One. And I, it just—I thought that was a perfect example of that growth that not only he went through, but just that entire offense. It just looks so much more in sync, you know, four months later. I mean, you look at—you look at the division clinching game against Green Bay. You know, that—that that was a huge statement for our offense to be able to score in the second half. You look at the Minnesota game at the very end of the year. Shoot, the minute, first Minnesota game, the second Minnesota game, the Rams game. Like all these games are showing glimpses, you know, of how good we can be and uh, that's what gets everybody excited to go back next year well trey i appreciate the honesty and you being open yeah. uh thanks for for being here good luck with the walter payton man of the year Thank award you, appreciate uh, it. it'd be really cool to see a, a, a bear win it and um and, and have fun this week yeah thank you very All much right. man appreciate it trey Burton, tight end for the chicago bears here on sports central as uh we complete a very busy and fun show today uh, from Radio Row in Atlanta. Uh, hope you enjoyed it. Uh, our thanks to Robbie Gold, Brian Erlacher, Evander Holyfield, Jimbo Covert, Earl Bennett, and Trey Burton, and plenty more coming tomorrow uh, as, as we roll on. Charles Tillman will be here. 
Jerry Rice is joining Sports Central tomorrow. A whole long list, and as I've learned the last couple days, there's definitely going to be some surprises along the way as as well. So uh, that's going to do it for us today from Sports uh, from Atlanta on Radio Row. And, and again, I do want to mention if you've missed anything, we've got a whole long list of interviews that we've done all week long. It's all available on demand. Uh, if you miss. Yesterday's interview with Prince of Mukamara, Tim Jennings was here. Uh, There was some sound I brought you guys from Kurt Warner that was on that show. Ryan Leaf from a few days ago. John Clayton told a a great story about Matt Nagy uh, on Tuesday. There's so many things you can go back and listen to if if you've missed it at all. Uh, It's been a fun week, and it continues. One more day tomorrow. Uh, as we close shop from Radio Road tomorrow. But, you know, the shows keep getting better each each and every day, and I, I, I think you'll enjoy tomorrow as well. So thanks to everyone who joined me today. Thanks to our producer, Joe Romano, back in Chicago. Crystal Flores, our engineer. My name's Adam Hogue. This has been Sports Central on WGNRadio.com. We'll talk to you again tomorrow.